everything that you've been through has not caused a sin unto death. Mm. So therefore, there is reconciliation. There is repentance. There is forgiveness. But see, the problem with people they have for forgiveness, the reason they can't forgive is because they don't want to forgive. No marriage is perfect, but you can make it better. Join us for the WOW Marriage Conference at Abundant Life Church this February and discover how you can turn embers into lasting flames. Don't let the fire go out, but instead invite God in to reignite your passions and desires for one another to create a marriage that stands the test of time. Register online at alcky.com slash marriage conference. You're listening to Marketplace Ministry, a podcast for Christian entrepreneurs that looks at business through a biblical lens. Your business is a calling, and when you do it according to God's principles, it is an act of worship and brings glory and honor to Him. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to Marketplace Ministry. My name is Jason Smith, and on today's show, I have Chris and Maria Walker. They, along with Chris and Lisa Wood, are the co-hosts of the Wow Marriage Podcast. Now, some of you might be thinking, Jason, what does marriage have to do with business? This is the Marketplace Ministry Podcast, but it has everything to do with business. If you look in Proverbs, it tells you, he who finds a good wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. And so it's very powerful that when a man finds a good wife that she's going to be like that Proverbs 31 woman that comes alongside of him and helps him, propels him to do what he needs to do in order to take care of his family. And you can't do that as a single man. I mean, you can be, you can, you can prosper on your own, but when you have that helpmate with you, it's going to do something so powerful to you. Right. And, and, you know, oftentimes, you know, the wife is the voice of reason. Oh, yeah. You know, because there's been many times when, you know, a decision would have, well, we need to make a decision or I may be thinking one way and, you know, she will bring clarity, you know, from another standpoint, from a different perspective. And it will look as though she's given me insight on how to make this decision. And, you know, I've come to find out after 31 years of marriage, you know, Oftentimes, you know, she's quite right. Not all the time. No. <laughs> well, you know what? She, she, she's right. There's nobody in this world who wants you as prosperous as your wife. Yeah, your parents, but they're not one with you. Right. The only one who's one with you is the wife. So if you prosper, I prosper because we are one. Your joy is my joy. You know, exactly. because we are one. So it's so important that nobody else desire as much to be prosper as your wife, that co-partner right there, cheering you up, but actually also sometimes maybe rebuke you. <laughs> Amen. That's so exciting. And that's why I'm excited to talk to you guys today about marriage. You've been married for 31 years, as yes. you've just said. And, you know, marriage is not for the faint at heart. And you guys certainly have seen your share of trouble over the years. We all have this idea when we're young that we see fairy tales and we, we think we're going to be happily ever after when we find our princess or when we find our prince charming. But that happily ever after comes at a cost there's there's right. trials right and when you see it in a fairy tale that's all they show you is the beginning and the end they don't tell you what goes on in the middle when you We're actually have him. to put the work in <laughs> or pray for god to kill him no you actually have to put the work in to make it successful and you know early on you know at, actually when i was a lot younger you know i heard uh someone say if you have to work at it that hard it's not worth it mm. i'm like brother that makes it all the more, wow, worth it because I'm having to work for, you know, what I want out of this relationship. If you just sit back 
and do nothing, then that's what you'll get. Nothing. You know, mm -hmm. it's hard to work through things, but the benefits far outweigh the cost. Amen. You know, I always think about this. That whatever costs you something, you find value on it. Mm. That's why we are find my value in Christ because I cost him his son. So whatever, if we start working on it and we do give our very best, our marriage becomes valuable. Our children are valuable. It costs us a lot. You know, whatever you don't want to work on it because you have little to no value to it. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, that value is an investment. Yes. Now, you know, we did a lot of investing in ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, even before Christ, you know, you know, date nights and things like that. But, you know, as, as, my, as my Maria just said, you know, when you make an investment, you know, it's you make it worth your while. That is why for years we have invested in ourselves. We invested in our marriage. We invested in marriage you conferences. Still do. Mm -hmm. We would go places. We would travel you know, to Texas and, and, and Ohio and Tennessee and all other places just to get a word of encouragement, you know, from a marriage conference, you know, that was investing in ourselves. And we took time to, in spite of all our differences, you know, to be able to work things out, you know, that cost of that investment is very, very minimal to mm. the benefits that we are receiving or that we have received and that we're walking in right now as, as proof of our ministry and, you know, the positions that we have and the promotions that we are obtaining. You know, it's funny because we never arrive. We still, until this day, we invest in ourselves. We're still looking for, like, because of the pandemic, we weren't able to go last year to... Um, Jensen Franklin's conference. Yeah, we go to to conference to meet, so we can give minister to, so we can learn how to do it right, to so tweak a little here and then a little there, because no, none of us ever arrive. I always say that whoever's not growing is dying. I'm growing. Mm, amen. I'm growing too. <laughs> you know, it, it, when, what I'm hearing you say is is very. It's something that I've heard in business, and it's put your money where your mouth is, right? Yes, if yes. if you value marriage, then you're not just gonna give lip service to it. You're actually gonna take the time, and you're gonna invest in it in order to see it grow. Is that what I'm hearing right. you say? Oh, oh yeah. yes, definitely, definitely. And you know, um, that investment now. At some point, it's it's relative, you know, because people will invest what they think is sufficient, and they may not get the benefit that they want out of it, and then they will lose. Like you said, it's not for the faint at heart. Then you know they will lose heart. They'll start to to, to wane back when the amount of investment that you thought sufficient to put in wasn't enough for you to get the benefit of that investment. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, if you want to reconcile with your wife, so to speak, but you have stipulations in that, well, if she doesn't do this, I won't do that, then that investment is not working for you because, you know, you're not putting forth everything. Now, in business, if you put in uh, $1,000, let's say, to, to get business started, and, you know, at the end of the day, you make a profit of, you know, 200 bucks. What are you going to do with the 200 bucks? You're going to put that back in your business. You right. know, you're not going to say, well, hey, I got this $200 and I'm not doing anything more with it. No, you can put that back in the business. That that investment is is what you want to get out of it. So you might put that $200 in. I mean, you're going to put it back in because you feel it's worth it. But, you know, when the stipulations come up, well, I won't do this or I won't do that because of the response that I'm getting from the wife, then that's not, is that really worth your while? Are you really putting everything into it? 
No, because what that stipulation is causing you not to put the best foot forward. Mm, that's mm. so good. That's so good. So take me back to when you first met Maria. What was that like? And, and how did you two meet? You were in the military. So, right. so tell me, how did you meet this Panamanian? Well, I tell you what, how we met <clears throat> was love at first sight. <laughs> you know, I mean, she, we, we were at the pool. Okay, so I saw this, you know, this this hot little tight body young lady, and uh, you know, I was I was really drawn by that attraction, and so you know, I approached her, and you know, in the course of the first meeting, the general conversation, you know, I found out that she was only seventeen, you know, and I, I was twenty at the time, and so you know, I really had to you know pump the brakes and say, hey, whoa, you know. I'm not going to jail for anybody because, you know, that, that's not worth it. So, you know, we we parted ways mutually, you know, and then, you know, just praise God that way back then he had a plan. Amen. Because after we cycled we back meeting. around, yeah, yeah, we did keep meeting throughout the time. This was in um, September, you know, and you know, I was in Panama at the time in 1989. And then we had the, the Just Cause, the operation that U.S., against Doriega. And so, you know, throughout this whole time, you know, I'd been praying for this young lady. I didn't even, I, I think I even forgot her name. I really don't remember if I remember her name, but I would pray, you know, God, please don't let this girl get killed because I want to see her again. I want to meet her again. And, you know, hey, God did it and we did it. So, you know, Amen. that's what, that's, that's what happened. Yeah. Amen. When we met again, that was legal. Yes, she was legal. <laughs> and it was hands on. <laughs> yes, all the way. And I remember even before Madame Lacasse, I made these vows for my future husband that I would, I would live out of my sister's experience. And I said, we will not be intimate till we get married. And it was tough because uh, he was in the world doing all his own thing. And he said he thought it was another Panamanian who would just melt away because he has a uniform. But, mm. I mean, I did melt away, but not that far. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, yes. I, at the beginning, I did not like him, you know. Yes, she did. I did not. I thought he was too old. He was 21, and I was only 18. I thought he was attractive, but that's beside the point. Mm -hmm. But uh, we, we even thank God for his mercy, even as a sinner. I was a Catholic girl. I promise that I will wait to get married. And you know that's that that's a very very vital thing. It is it's key to any relationship because contrary to what you know people may think, is the more she turned me down, the more my attraction and affection toward her grew, because I knew she was a woman of principle. And when she kept turning me down, I'm like, hey, this lady has got something that I want, and I'm willing to work for it. Mm. And you know. When we discussed this years later after we'd been married and I made this statement to her, she really got upset because I was telling the truth. I said, you know, if we had slept together before we got married, I'd have left you in Panama. You know, we wouldn't have gotten married because why? I would have gotten what I wanted out of a, a cheap, non-intimate, but a sexual relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's all I was looking for, right. you know. But, you know, having her stand on principles, that just drew me more toward her. And, you know, of course, you know, the Spanish-English difference, you know, and I was really looking after her, you know, or chasing after her. You know, I had a little Spanish-English dictionary, and I'd go through and struggle through with words, you know, trying to get my point across. And she was lying. Let me tell you guys a secret. She was lying because she knew English the whole time, you know. She just, <laughs> she just at the end I'll of the day, you, you know, she just wanted to say, I wanted to know how bad you really wanted to be. I, I was fearing that probably he would left me alone. I said, I, I will try to you know, learn the word is possible because I just was not interested in having a boyfriend. I, that was, mm -hmm. he was my first boyfriend. And um, 
But I put up a good fight, and he was still there. I'm but like, I won the battle. Yeah. <laughs> Even after, I remember when he said, well, I gave you a ring already. We are oh, committed yeah. to, to get married. I'm your fiance, and I'm not just a boyfriend. I'm, the answer is still no. Mm -hmm. I will not be intimate with you. Yeah. I don't care. You can give me 50 million rings. I already made up my mind. And I always tell people, I made up my mind before I even have a boyfriend. I made up my mind when I was 15, 16 years old at home. I said, I will never be intimate with nobody unless my husband. Because I see the struggle that my sister went to getting pregnant. And then the guy promised to get married. Never end up getting married. I wasn't, I wasn't going to go through that. Right. I learned from their experience. And I refused to get hurt that way. I love that. You set yourself some boundaries yes. that prohibit you from going to the lengths that your sister had gone to. And that's what protected you, but it's also what attracted you yes. because she mm -hmm. became like the forbidden fruit, right? Mm -hmm. And when, when you can't have something, it you just want it all the more, well, right? It's like raising children. Hey, don't do that, little Johnny. What's little Johnny going to do? That, you know? Exactly. So. <laughs> so fast forward a few years mm -hmm. and tell me about the time when he threw a chair at you. <laughs> mm. Well, I, I, yeah, that was the day I praised God for the wonderful husband I have. And I, to me, that prayer did not make any sense. I tell you, it was horrible. Uh, I was already saying serving God, and we had a big argument, and he was, he used to be physical. I mean, we've been through everything but mm -hmm. the love of a child, adultery, yeah. pornography, all that stuff. Surprisingly, not by the man, but by the woman. All the things world. in the world. Wow. Yeah, yeah we've been through all it. that, and uh it was very physical, very violent. There were times when we called the cops to separate us because we were, I mean, I'm not going to say that he hit and I didn't hit back. I, I fought back. I hit and punched and throw shit just like he did, curse and drink, did the whole thing. So this time, of course, I'm now safe and I'm not an argumentative person. I let really God fight my battles. So he threw a chair at me and I started walking away because he was, you know, why would argue with a fool? I walked away, and then when I was walking away, he threw the chair. I remember walking down to the basement crying to God, saying, what do you want? Because I wanted to get divorced, and God told me not to, that he was going to use my marriage for his glory. And I, like I said, when I got saved, I didn't even think I loved Chris anymore. I really didn't feel any love. So this was already 15 years into the marriage. <clears throat> I walked down the stairs, and God said, um, start praising me for the wonderful husband you have. That did not make sense. I'm like, this cannot be God. And I remember crying, not because I felt the presence of God, but I was angry for God to ask me something like that. So I went downstairs and cried. I said, God, thank you for the man of God. Thank you that he fear you. Thank you that you convert. Thank you that he worship you. And start, oh, I love you, Father. I thank you for the transformation that's taking place in my husband. I'm saying all this thing, and I'm crying and shaking because I'm angry that God, but because I love God, there's nothing else I'm wanted they just to obey him mm. so I did it out of love for God not out of love for Chris uh, I wasn't coming to God for him to fix my marriage I came to God because I was if he, he, he really healed me so I started praising God and I really believe that was our my breakthrough that was important nothing changed overnight that day but something broke on me I was loose I was free and from that point on, he, he started changing. He started going to church. And there was a serious event that he went through. Through the, I think it was about a year and a half. He did, one of the things I did, he didn't want to read the Bible. So God said, start reading the Bible to him every night. And we did. 
And then he got spoiled, and he will get his pillowcase, honey, I'm ready to sleep. And, and he was already safe at this point. He said, and he tell me, I don't think I can go to sleep unless you read the Bible to me. I, I, I was saved, but not quite delivered. <laughs> so I went for over years. It took me probably three years. I just stopped recently because now we listen to the Bible on the phone. He read to us, but uh, that's some of the things I did. I will have him treat him as the man of God. He was already was in the spirit, but never it was not mm -hmm. manifesting mm -hmm. on, on reality. So I would have him lay hands on me. I would say, hey, babe, what do you think about the scripture? And he was still cursing and drinking and everything. Mm -hmm. I would treat him as a man of God, and he wasn't even walking as a man of God. Because wow. God had me that day praising him because that's what he was going to do in him. And what did that do for you, Chris, when she's, I mean, she's probably doing this without you knowing. Yes. And, and so... I mean, how, hearing that, how does that make you feel today that she was behind the scenes speaking life into you to become the man of God that you are today? Well, I tell you, Jason, it really, really, when we talk, I mean, of course we talk a lot, but when, when we got serious about our relationship with ourselves and with God and we just became open books and just totally disclosed everything that we'd ever done, you know, and knowing that she was doing that, I didn't know at the time what she was doing, but there was something changing in me that I did not understand, you know, because things that she would say and things that she would do would no longer, you know, I would not get angry, upset. And then after the fact, I'll go back and think about, man, I should have been mad, you know, but I wasn't, you know, and then I had no decision to go back and try to draw it up now at this point in our relationship before you know there was a time you know but things would not bother me and I began to see the change and know the change that was taking place in me and you know it really really sparked my you know desire to to dig into the scripture and to find out more about these church people and this church stuff you know amen although I was raised born and raised in a church, but it was pure religion. You know, I mean, there was no power, you know, there was no, you know, intimate relationship. It was all about, you know, religion and, and you pray. And if you're a good person, you know, when you die, you'll go to heaven. Yeah. But you know, there's a lot of good people not in heaven because, you know, saved people go to heaven, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, that goodness, you know, is what your works will do. But accepting the Lord Jesus Christ is what gives you access to all the power, all the grace, and all the mercy that he has to offer. Amen. And, you know, speaking of that, that's what gave me, you know, my foundation for our marriage, for our success, and for our podcast and everything that we do is, you know, in John, it says, you know, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And then over in John fifteen ten, it says, if you love me and you keep my commandments, you know, you will abide in my love. So basically, Jesus was saying, if you love me, keep my commandments. And if you keep my commandments, you will love me. Amen. So you love me, keep my commandments. If you keep my commandments, you'll love me. And then, you know, when you go up to John uh, 15, 14, it says, and then he goes a step further and he says, he calls you friend. He said, you are my friend if you do what I command. And then you go look at 12 and he tells you what that command is. You know, to love each other or love one another just as I have loved you. Oh, that's so, so good. You know, that is a scripture, you know, that I was studying on and that became the foundation because I wanted to keep the commands of God. 
I wanted to love him. And when I was doing those things, you know, it made me love Maria even more because of that commandment, you know, to love the way Christ has loved us, the way that we're forgiven, the way that we want to be loved. I mean, like, everybody wants to be loved, honored, and respected, but if you don't give that, you know, how dare any man on this earth demand that from God when he can't give that to his wife? We'll be right back after a brief message from our sponsor. And I like how you said, love me the way that I have loved you. And that reminds me in Ephesians where Paul is writing and says that men are to love their wives, right? Yes. And and this type of love, and Jesus has demonstrated it right there, saying, you know, love as I have loved you. It's, it's this agape love. It's a love that is undeserved. You mm-hmm. just do it because you love them. This isn't the, like... In marriage, we think of the eros love, the erotic love, but that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about loving as God loved. And how did Jesus love us? He sacrificed himself for us. And so that's what we need to do as men is we have to be willing to sacrifice ourselves for our wives and vice versa. Right? Mm -hmm. Amen. And I think that's the power. If If we can get that if we can transform the way we think about love in our marriage, it's going to transform our entire families. Exactly. Oh, yeah. uh, well, I mean, it transforms the families. In Ephesians 5, it tells us that, you know, you know, husbands, love your wife the way Christ loved the church. Wives, submit to your husband. And it also tells you in Ephesians 6, it says, you know, children, obey your parents. Right. Which is the first commandment with a promise. So when you are developing, when we are taking our rightful place in our home and we are loving our wives and we're raising our children according to the word of God, it's not going to be easy. But it's that investment that we put into it that makes the wife, you know, submit, you know, and, you know, the submission makes me just like Jesus said, the submission makes me love her. And me loving her makes her submit. So when we're when I'm loving, she's submitting. When she's submitting, I'm loving. Just like Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you keep my commandments, you will love me. It's reciprocal. It's doing it you know, all the way around. But the question is, when we are sitting with in discipling married couples, I ask the question, who does what first? Does the man love first or does the wife submit first? Doesn't matter. If we do our job, we do mm. what we're supposed to, or what we are supposed to do. If we love and the wife submits, that's unto God. You know, if we take care of the vertical, our relationship with God, God takes care of the horizontal, our relationship with our wives. Amen. You that's know, so good. At the end of the day, I remember <clears throat> praying out to God, say, "He don't deserve for me to be a good wife." Mm. I yeah. just because he was pretty mean and obnoxious and all this other stuff. And I remember God clearly, I mean, I can say almost audible, <laughs> he will say, but I do. We forget that we as a Christian, we are serving everywhere we go. I'm still a Christian, but I'm a wife. So I serve God by obeying his word and submitted to him, regardless how he acts. That is not my business. I'm a firm believer. I always, I always tell people, say, God will do two things if you obey his word. He will remove it or change it. But you got to obey his word because Amen. at the end of the day, my blessings come from the Lord, not from Chris. Right. So I, I try the best of my abilities to obey what it is written. Amen. You know? Yeah. And you see, she said, the blessings come from the Lord, not from me. Yes. But you see, God gives us the desires of our heart. My desire is to bless her and to love her. 
God says, I will bless those who bless you. I will honor those who honor you. So in that relationship that we have with God, first and foremost, fixes any and everything in a relationship. You know, it's like, you know, going back a, a few years, back 2005, 2004, when we first got here to Kentucky, we were on the verge of divorce. I had no idea. I was just totally oblivious to the fact of, you know, how I treated her, what she was expecting, what she wasn't receiving. I was just, hey, my own man in my own little world. But I had no idea, you know, she was planning to divorce me. But when we moved here, the Army had, because of my position, you know, I had to go to another school. So the Army immediately sent me to another school. So we came here. I was on the ground about two weeks, and then I was shipped off to another school. And at that time, way back there in 2005, after almost 15 years being in this marriage, that's when, you know, we really started to make the change. Well, actually, she did at first because when she came, tell the story about how Emmy brought you to church. <laughs> oh, yes. Praise God. Well, I was invited to this church. I was born and raised Catholic, and I was looking for a Catholic Spanish church. And I kept asking this young lady, so they're Catholic. He said, well, we're Christian. We read the Bible, and it's everything is Spanish. I, I want a Spanish church, but it has to be Catholic. So she kept blowing me off and blowing me off. And I'm like, I don't think this woman understands what I'm saying. I mean, we both speak in Spanish. She understands simple questions. Is your church Catholic? Because otherwise, <laughs> I'm not going to visit it. I was a devour Catholic. I mean, wow. devout. Thank you, devour. <laughs> I'm not eating it. <laughs> hey, excuse me. <laughs> so... I remember trying to reason, but I finally said, I'm going to go to church. Well, the thing that attracted me to this church is uh, when, when Pastor Jamie went to preach, he was saying that he was an alcoholic. And I always used to go to a church where everybody was good. I couldn't relate to anybody. Nobody will testify about, you are messed up, and thank God you find Jesus. The, the kind of church I've been through is like, if you do good, then you go to church heaven that's what Catholic right yeah, and then if you didn't do so good we pray you up to heaven to the purgatory I had no idea and then this man out there crying saying that he was an alcoholic I'm like I want to hear more how did he get because at that time I got into depression and I was taking medication and I quit the medications I started drinking really heavily I mean I would drink and drink to a pure green and kept on drinking some more and you know how people do so that was my case, and that attracted me, that, that he was open book to say that he was a mess up. Yeah. I never heard that before, and I'm like, I think I find a place. I want to learn more about this. And, and, of course, Pastor Marty come, and she would tell you this and that, and this, what is in the Bible. She, everything she would preach, she would back it up with the Word of God. Because I, I was 32 years old. I was not really a child. But I was tired of hearing people. So, because remember, we went to seek help many times. Oh, yes. Right. We went to counseling. Yeah, even on that Cons duty counseling, they advised us, say, you know what? You guys need to get divorced. You know, th there's no help for this situation. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. And yet, here you are. Here we are. 15, 16 years later, you're 31 years married. Exactly. Yeah. If you could talk to somebody who's maybe 25, 27 years old, that they're in the middle of a fight of their life where they could be on the brink of divorce, what's one thing that you would say to them what's one thing that they should do right now to save their marriage right now it would of course recognize you know of course salvation you know recognize you know second Corinthians 5 you know 17 you know about you know being reconciled to God number one you have to receive that you've got to believe that 
And then, you know, just like we just said here, you know, in this John 15, 12, that's the command. Love each other. Love one another the way I've loved you. So that's the thing. We have to get beyond feelings and emotions and get into what we know to be true. And I tell you what, some people may say, somebody may come back and say, well, I just, it, it just doesn't seem real to me. It doesn't seem right. Well, for Christians, hey, the Bible doesn't say we walk by seems like. It says we walk by faith. <laughs> Amen. And when we walk by faith, knowing that this word of God is true, you know, love covers a multitude of sins. So when I want my sin covered by love, I'm going to love to cover that multitude. Now, this is not lying and being deceptive. This is just looking over those things because neither all the things that we've been through and the question you specifically said, what would I say to a 25 or someone young in marriage? Everything that you've been through has not caused a sin unto death. So therefore, there is reconciliation. There is repentance. There is forgiveness. But see, the problem with people they have for forgiveness, the reason they can't forgive is because they don't want to forgive. Mm -hmm. You have to want to give and you have to want to receive everything that you want. So if I want love, I'm going to give love. I'm going to swallow my pride. I'm going to throw all of that away. And I'm going to get into the word of God and surround myself, you know, with men of God who I can see who are making an impact and find out that wisdom from that old gray hair guy. You know, mm -hmm. like right now, I don't have much, but, you know, I'm the old gray hair guy now, even though I'm, <laughs> I'm still quite young, you know, being 52 in the next two weeks. 53, baby. Oh, yeah, see, yeah, see, 53, see, the voice <laughs> of reason, you know. She's so, got your back. She's got my back. So, I mean, I mean, basically, Jason, that's what it is. I mean, you've got to love. You've got to love. As you've got me, to love. As for me, you know, as a young woman, when I first got saved, I realized my value. Now, mind you that we had a very abusive relationship. The point when I got saved, the abuse stopped because I knew where my value was and who my, who my daddy was. I was no longer afraid. And I felt as, as long as I know who is the source of my joy, no one can take it away. And I remember we say many times, I get off the bus <laughs> because I say, I used to, the Chris used to be a grouchy old man being in the military. And I will be like, they were like, whenever you're ready to talk and you, you, we can talk again, but you're not the source of my joy. Mm. And I will go on my word. I'm like, I'm not going to allow no one to affect my joy because I know my joy comes from God, not from him. When I made that decision, I really believe the devil can no longer use him to make me miserable because I took that authority. I took that ownership. That's my joy, which is come from the Lord, not from my spouse. I find my value on God, not from him. You don't have to value me if you don't want to. I know who I am. Amen. That, I start feeling, truly, I took the word of God. One of the things I, as a value is that whatever he say, I am, that's who I am. I'm no longer going to allow my husband, my peers, no one to take my value. A lot of women find that if their husband is miserable, they are miserable. They don't have no joy. I remember going to church and I'd be, church and I'd be like, I took advice from my dear Yvonne, and uh, I remember she saying, when you come back home from church, don't be all grumpy, you're cooking a dinner, make big happy, set the atmosphere of joy in your house. Mm. And I, I took those advice, just like he said, those old men, I took the advice on my pastor, you know, everybody, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do that. So he will say, I will invite him, would you like to go to church? He'll be like, no. I'm like, okay. 
I come back from church. Hey, how you doing? I had a blast at church. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I cook him dinner and I will, he will be all grouchy. I will leave him on his own little world. I get off that stupid bus. Because <laughs> there were times, because the enemy of darkness was so much pressure, so much fight, because he hated it. He lost me. I was a good disciple for the devil without knowing. Mm -hmm. So when I become a Christian, I was all the way in. I was a disciple of Christ. If Jesus say it, I will do it. And that's one of the things he could not fight with because he couldn't fight with me because I was not going to go fight with him. Right. She stopped, I will not reason with the devil. She stopped mm -hmm. responding to the bear being poked. And, you know, when that stimuli was gone, there was nothing I could do. I mean, I got tired of fighting with myself. Yeah. She wouldn't respond. She wouldn't fight back. And, you know, that was one of those things that I had forgotten early on in our marriage. And like uh, when I first said, you know, that it was love at first sight. You know, I stopped that. You know, I stopped looking at her the way that I once did when we first met because of the situations and the trials of life and things that we've gone through. So I had to reset. I had to go back to the basics. I had to change my default at that time and go back to the basics. I had to stop counting the bad things and start recounting the love. And once I started recounting the love, you know, these things started to change, you know, and, you know, the change in, in her, you know, sparked, you know, a desire in me to find out what it was. I knew what it was, but I wasn't willing to accept it. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, like I said, through the course of time, then we were able, I was able to, you know, get my mind right. And then once I, once I, it was always there, Jason, it was always there. I had to accept it. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing going back, talking to, you know, a young person or maybe even an older person, you know, maybe even married longer than we are. You know, you have to recognize, you know, your faults. You have to recognize you want to fix them and then you have to do something to fix them. And that's where we're at. That's what we began to do. And once I realized that, made that decision, then I jumped in with both feet. Sink or swim, hey, I didn't care because, you know, the word of God said he would restore, that I am reconciled, I am saved, I am delivered, I'm healed, preserved. These are all these things that he gave me. So how could I accept that gift, first of all, and want the gift for myself, second of all, but then not give that yeah. to my wife, what she needed? Although I didn't feel like it all the time, I didn't want to do it. But you see, that's what we do as adults. It's like raising children. We don't always do what we feel. We do what's right. Amen. So, you know, and, and then, of course, we don't go by feelings anyway because it's the faith. Because that emotion that we have, you know, really, really detracts from our spiritual knowledge and the willingness to growth. Because it's all about how I feel. You know, I feel bad. I feel hurt. I feel angry. Well, you know, at the end of the day... How do we make Jesus feel when we act a fool, when we don't love, when, when we don't honor, when we don't respect? And then we think we're so haughty that we can demand it from other people and at the same time slap Jesus in the face because, like, hey, God, you owe me. You mm -hmm. owe me yeah. because you said, but what about the promises we made to our wife? What about the problem in businesses? What about the promise you made to your business partner? You know, what about the promises we made to each other? So how dare we do that, demand everything from our wife, from my wife, mm -hmm. but then not want to give it. Right. And then, you know, not want to honor Jesus with that. We People walk around this world thinking that God owes us something. God owes us absolutely nothing. Amen. His promises promise us things, 
but only to those who are obedient. Amen. So there's no way we can walk around deliberately living in sin, cussing God, not treating our wife properly, yet expect the blessings of God to flow our way. Wow. I want to shift gears here real quick, and I want you to talk about the WOW Marriage Conference. That's coming up in just a few short weeks. Mm -hmm. What's that going to be about? Tell us about it. Oh, it's going to be exciting. We're going to find out who we're really fighting for, because a lot of time we think, I know it's been, sometimes the Word of God in our mind turns to cliche. Oh, I'm fighting for my marriage. I'm fighting for, no, none of that matter. None of that matter if you're not fighting for the the one who never lost a fight. Amen. So it's going to be exciting with our partner, Lisa, our pastor, Terry Linska is going to be part of it. And uh, we encourage you to invest in your marriage. Just like I was telling Chris today, I said, listen, it's good, but it can be better. Yes. You know, it can be a lot better. So we all, as a married couple, should take a time, at least once a year, invest on hearing some wisdom, some insight on marriage. You know, this is going to be a powerful event. You know, we have for years sown into our ministry, you know, through others. But we have grown, we have developed, and we have matured, you know, along with our co-hosts for the podcast, the Wild Marriage Podcast, Chris and Lisa Wood. And we are going to impact this community through the voice of God on the successes of marriage. And now the successes of marriage, yeah, of course, because, you know, there are successes and failures. But, you know, to make it successful, you don't count those costs. You don't count those things that are bad. You know, you count the love. So, yes, we had to go through things to get to where we are. But see, the the grace and the mercy and the power of God and our faith has propelled us beyond those things. So we're able to look at that. You know, one very important thing is, you know, people would say, you know, you know, if somebody, if your wife sins against you, you know, you know, forgive and forget. That's way wrong. Humans, we don't have the capacity to forget. In Isaiah 43, 25, God said, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for thine own sake, and I will not remember thy sins. God can do that. We can't. We have to rely on our faith and the grace and the goodness of God to be able to look over those things. I had to forgive when I didn't want to, but it was right to forgive. You know, I didn't want to because she hurt me and I wanted to do everything to hurt her back, you know, and that was pure emotion. That was pure feeling. Not pure so, evil, too. <laughs> yeah, yes, it was, because it was totally outside the Word of God, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, th- this power pack, you know, conference that we're going to give here in, for the community is something that everyone can benefit from. You know, your marriage may be good. You may be married longer than we are. You know, you may be looking into marriage, you know, but I tell you what, it's like my Maria said, it can always get better. What are the dates for the conference? February 18th and 19th. February 18th and 19th. Would you like to pray us out? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we come to you with great hope and gratitude in our hearts. Lord, we thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit within us. We thank you that we have the right to the use of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father God, for blessing us with all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. Father, I pray that our hearts and minds may be open and enlightened to receive absolutely everything that you have for us. Father God, that we may know the hope of your calling. Father God, that we may walk in the joy and the fullness thereof. 
mm-hmm. that God, you will continue to bless us. Father God, bless Jason, Father God, in, in his ministry. Yes, Father. Father God, we call the couples from around this community from around these state, Father God, anybody who can hear this to make it to this conference, Father yes, God, so that you will receive the glory. Father, we work diligently and we work hard to let our light shine before men that they will see our good deeds yet praise you, Father in heaven. So, Father, we pray for the success of the wild marriage. We pray for the success of this conference. God, we pray for the success of the marketplace ministries. And God, we thank you for the reconciliation that you have promised each and every one of us who have a desire to receive it and to live for you. And for that, God, we are grateful and we give you glory and honor for who you are and what you have done. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Chris and Maria, for being on the show today. Your, what you had to share with us today was powerful. And I know for me that I'm walking away with something. You deposited something in my heart today. And I know that our listeners, you have sown a seed into their hearts as well. And so I thank you guys for taking your time out of your day to, to be with us today. You're welcome. And so with that, we'll see you again next week on Marketplace Ministry. And until then, we call you to prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. We hope today's message inspired you and ministered to you. Let us know if it did by joining the conversation. You can do that by connecting with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Clubhouse. All the details will be in the show notes. If we helped you today, please share this episode. Be sure to rate this podcast and leave us a review. When you do, it helps us know what content you find valuable so we can make more of it. Plus, it helps get this show in front of more listeners. So if you could leave us a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Continue to seek God first and serve his people well, and your business will prosper. In Jesus' name.